Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing, for some reason... 2012s this means war and like a second before i said 2012 i was going to say 2007 because this feels aggressively 2007 it, it does i can't believe this came out in 2012 yeah it's wild <laughs> that this came out when i was legally old enough to drink um like this came out while i was in i was in college when this came out i i did not see it in the theater because i had better things to do but <laughs> reese witherspoon was in this movie seven years ago this that is, is that is a thing that happened, and this this was one of our patron requests. Um, the the person who requested this is uh Sig. So Sig, uh, shout out, shout out, and you know, um, we're sorry for whatever we say. Uh, yep, <laughs> because so it's it's a happening. Um, but yeah, I mean this this movie exists. That is a thing that is true about it. You know what I? You know. <laughs> A weird thing about this movie that wouldn't be weird if it took it more seriously. Everyone is a nice, like, older age. Like, everyone's, like, you know, these aren't, like, youths. But for some fucking reason, everyone is acting like they're 20 years old. Yeah, it is interesting because everybody in it is, like, in their 40s. And they never really talk about age. Like, it's, I think that it's kind of insinuated that Reese Witherspoon is like maybe in her late thirties. Um, but yeah, it's never really mentioned, but like you said, you don't really get to enjoy that because they still act like they're 27 year olds. <laughs> yeah, and I say this as a 28 year old. Like, so. Oh my God. And also everyone's using the word girl. Everyone's saying girl up and down here, man, this girl, this girl, she is a grown She's a grown woman, woman. With a giant apartment. Like, is that an apartment or a house? I can't even I don't know. It. Everybody is so rich in this movie. I just, I was so distracted by, like, thinking about how much it would cost to live where they lived. And, I mean, this happens to me regularly, but... And, it, and it's so interesting that everyone's so rich, um... And all they can do is bitch about, like, not having love. Like, whatever. You have health insurance. <laughs> I'm so annoyed by all of these rich people just acting like this. The only, let's, I mean, up top, the only character that I like is Chelsea Handler. <laughs> oh, same. Actually, that, like, my biggest, like, positive takeaway from this movie is, like, I have never been, like, a Chelsea Handler fan. I'm not, like, somebody who's campaigning against her or anything. Yeah. Um, but I've just, this just never been necessarily my um, cup of comedy. Um, but she was great in this movie. She was great. She like, was really husband, funny. Her unnamed husband great. who I tried to look up and they didn't even name the actor who's no, in it. it was just like Trish's husband. Yeah, like <laughs> I like she was funny and she felt like a real person who exists and like an actual friend you'd want to call. Um, and then she's just like trapped in this movie. She's trapped, oh, trapped well, in this movie, and it, like it made me like people. I want to see Chelsea Handler as a comedic actress more. I enjoyed that. I was glad that she was there too because there were points where I was like, can somebody like look at the camera? <laughs> like, can somebody like not be in this ridiculous love triangle? Can somebody else comment on it? And then she would. And I'd be like, okay, thank you, movie, for throwing me that bone. <laughs> yeah. This is it, it need we needed we needed the bone. I mean, this is 
So this is a movie about <sighs> two men. Um, God, what are their what are their stupid movie names that they have? Tuck and FDR. Yes, there is a man named FDR in this movie. Tuck and, and FDR. And he's not only a man named FDR, but he's a na- man named FDR that we're all supposed to want to fuck. And I'm sorry, but if your name is FDR, I do not want to fuck Could you. Could you imagine? And like his now, I mean, FDR's son, who, like, FDR Jr., was hot. Like, yeah. he's hot. But still, being called FDR makes you not. Like, yeah, it's not a sexy name. There's nothing. I don't want to fuck a guy you named don't Franklin. don't name a rom-com <laughs> character Franklin. What the fuck is wrong with That you? is rude. You are neutering him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. Um. So, yeah. It, this is about two. Oh, right. I forgot to talk about the director because it's this fucking guy. It's directed by McGee. <sighs> McGee. He made Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, We Are Marshall, Terminator Salvation, The Babysitter from 2017. Oh, wow, that one. Yes, he is responsible for that. So, like, as you can tell, I do not like this person. <laughs> yeah. I I don't. Also, he he produced, oh, man. He produced When We First Met. The one oh, wow. <laughs> hey, that's a throwback to one of the recent movies that we covered. Yeah. Um, he also produced I Feel Pretty, which we also did a previous episode on. So I don't know. For some reason, this is his. He he keeps coming. He's in our wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, yeah. For some reason, even though he made like the wor- one of the worst Terminator movies, probably the worst Terminator movie. And one of those annoying like. Everything that he does is annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it was written by some dudes. Yeah. Do we even need to name them? Nah. Nah. They're it's just really fine. Dudes. They don't knowing their names doesn't add or take away from no, this movie. Like they don't like this is I only I'm trying to think. Did I take any notes during this movie? Because was there anything of substance that I felt like you know, okay. I took one note. Are you ready for it? Oh, am I? Have I been? Yes. This is the Transformers of rom-coms. Wow. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's like the log line for this episode. Because this is just, none of this means anything, okay? Like, Tuck and FDR want to fuck each other, but for some reason, probably heteronormativity and our patriarchal, like, cishet society, they decide that they need to project all of their feelings for each other on I mean, it's so obvious from the beginning. 100%. It's not like, even, like, <laughs> we're not even, like, adding our own, like, you know, uh, what we wish was there onto this male friendship. Like, it is very much, like, they have crushes on each other. Right. Like, this is not, like, this is not subtext. This is text. There, like, yeah, I there's, te- <laughs> like, there's literally a scene in the beginning of the movie where they're talking and where Tuck is, like, you know how, like, we love each other and we trust each other and we have all this and we, like, I would die for you and you would die for me. I would take a and bullet. I would take you. a bullet for you, and you're one of the only people that I trust, and all this stuff. Like, like Matt, when I love you, and I've never told you that. <laughs> yeah, I've never told anyone that because I don't know what the fuck I do if there's a gun there. <laughs> I cannot guarantee what my reflex will be. Okay, like, spiritually, yes, but like, uh, I don't know what my body will do. <laughs> these men would like to be together forever, and I do not understand. It's like this is kind of like a horror movie about like how heteronormativity, like 
tore this couple apart. It really is because like literally like you're expecting you're almost expecting Tuck to be like, man, I, I got to tell you. And then literally at the end of this reeling conversation about how much they love each other and care for each other. He's like, well, imagine if I had that with a woman. It's just like, like that is the most like that is like saying no homo. Like that is like basically what happened in that conversation. 100 percent. That's what happened. And I was so mad because that's the movie that I would rather be watching. Oh, my God. Chris Pine and Tom Hardy being in love with each other. That is amazing. I mean, it could be done really badly, but I would rather watch that be done badly than another like, you know, uh, another like contrived love triangle rom-com. Because it's just like the way everything that they do, because they are basically stalking this woman. They okay, so they both meet this girl, this woman. See, this movie is doing it to me. They meet a grown woman (laughs) named Lauren. Um. And Lauren is, you know, she's, you know, really put together. She's really smart. She's very successful. And they're just like, this is the woman. And this, you know, it's played by and Reese it's, Witherspoon. And it's Reese Witherspoon. So, right. I mean, yes. Like, of course. Of course. Um, and they decide that they are going to obsessively try to get at her. And what's weird is that, like, spoiler alert, she ends up with FDR. But the thing is, is that, like, up until that point, she was having a great time with Tom Hardy and it just kind of seems like it seems like Chris Pine was just like, no, I, I refuse to let this happen. So let me just like step in. Like it was like a total like sabotage. And honestly, the movie could have just been that like, and it, and if it wasn't for the fact that they were all just like surveilling her and shit, I'd be like, I'm on Tom Hardy's side, but I can't be, I'm not on no one's side. Cause it's well, just, yeah. I mean, so like they work for the uh, CIA um, and they have killed people. I mean, it's a very cartoony, like, vision of the CIA. You know, it's like, oh, like, guys in trench coats with sunglasses, and now they're in the, like, station, and now they're they're grounded. They Like, the movie starts with them being grounded after a mission, which just means they can't go out on the field, so they're, like, stuck in the office, so they get bored, and then that's when Tuck, a.k.a. Tom Hardy, is just like, I want to find love. I'm going to go on a dating app. And meanwhile, Chelsea Handler, who is playing Trish, who is Reese Witherspoon, a.k.a. Lauren's best friend, is like, you need to get out there. Like, you need to... Because, like, Reese Witherspoon runs into an ex, and he's, like, engaged. And this this happens near the beginning of the movie, so it's... Oh, my God. And this... Okay, so can we talk about this guy? Yeah. Oh, I just <laughs> Jordan's so like Jordan's like mic. feeling it so hard that she like re- like swung away from the mic. The fact that motherfucking Reese Witherspoon is nervous because of this know nothing like Josh DeHamel like cardboard cutout guy like the fact that she is like losing it over this guy they'd be so angry like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> oh no I felt angry too like she's like like it ruined her day she ran into this ex he's engaged. Um, she is completely flustered and she makes up like a boyfriend named Ken, who's a surgeon, which love it. Um, and also that I feel like that is such a movie trope. Like, I don't know. Everybody, you know, people make up lies that happens, but I like this whole, like making up a boyfriend or a girlfriend thing. Like, I don't know anyone who's done that. (laughs) Like, and, and that's fine. I don't need to fact check this movie because if I was going to do that, that would just be the whole podcast because um, it's about, like, CIA agents who use government equipment to stalk a woman. So 
I mean, I'm sure CIA agents have done that, but like to stalk a woman they want to date. But like the fact that Reese Witherspoon makes up a boyfriend and that's like that is like the template for this movie is like her being so flustered that her best friend is like, all right, we need to get you online dating so you can get over this engaged dude. And then Tuck being so bored at work because he can't go back out in the field that he's like, I'm going to go online dating. I want to fall in love. And then, like you said, fucking motherfucking FDR, a.k.a. Chris Pine, is like, he's not even trying to find love. He's just an asshole, and he wants to make fun of Tuck because he secretly wants to fuck him. And so he's like, oh, well, fine. If you're going to date, like, I'll, I'll date. Like, that's that's how the whole mess starts is they both meet her separately and then realize it's the same woman. But it's like, Tuck really never wanted to find love. He wanted to just prove that he had game. Like, that was his whole thing. Is like, you're a loser, man, like, trying to find love. Like, I'm, I get laid. Oh, yeah. And the other thing about Tuck is that he has an ex-wife and a son. And it's weird that we never really figure out why that didn't work out. Because, spoiler alert, at the oh, end. Oh, sorry. I, like, mi- mix up their names. Tuck is the one who wanted to find love. FDR, those ones, like, fuck it. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, at the end, l- let's just give our heteronormative endings. FDR gets Lauren, and then Tuck gets back with his wife, essentially. Like, it's, Im- like it's heavily implied. Which begs the question, considering that... Tuck is the nicer man. I mean, they're both monsters, but the nicer man of the monsters. What is the reason why he got, he broke up? Like, there's no, they never tell us. It's so weird. Like, we know he has a son, and we know he has an ex. We don't know if they ever got married. We don't know if they ever, like, we don't know anything except that they had a kid together, and in one scene he tells Lauren, oh, yeah, we just weren't meant to be. But we're given no exposition or context for this. It feels very much just like the wife and son are plot devices, And so it's weird that he ends up with her at the end because there's actually no reason for us to want that because like we, she has maybe two lines in the whole movie. We know nothing. We've never seen them interact. So it's really, I mean, I, I guess this does go back to the heteronormative, um, strong theme of this movie where it, it feels like we're just supposed to assume that that's good because they had a kid together you know like we're supposed yeah. to be like oh good the family union is back which i would be down for if i knew literally anything about we them. know nothing nothing we're given no like there's not even like a thinly written reason that they broke up it's just like okay <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what is there to talk about with this movie? Chelsea Handler's super funny. She is. And oh she's, my God, she's, like when she's like fucking her husband and they're eating Cheetos. Yeah. Oh my God, goals. Chelsea, yeah, no, Chelsea Handler is great. Like pretty much the whole movie, she's like a little bit annoyed by how Reese Witherspoon is acting so like naive and brand new, like about dating. Like Chelsea's like, just go fuck dudes and have fun. Like fuck, like don't worry about it. Like have fun. And you'll either find someone awesome or you won't. And you'll like fuck some dudes. And I'm like, Chelsea Handler is like the voice of reason in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, like she's there for comedic relief and like she is comedic relief. But like also she's just like the only one who's like, like even when she's making jokes like about, oh, I'll have sex with these guys to test them out for you. Like she's just like, she's just like, can you just get over yourself and like have fun? Um and she's yeah, she's super funny. Um it's it's weird because like I mean, this is like one of the mini rom-coms that uses stalking as some sort of romantic device. Like basically once Tuck and FDR realize and this happens very early in the movie, when they realize that they both 
gone set up dates with the same woman and they're both into her um they they have like a scene where fdr is like oh you know what man like you met her first like you're my friend i would never betray you i'll just like let you date her and then tuck's like nah i'm not worried about it she's not gonna fall in love with you like you're a douchebag which again they're totally flirting um but uh they they make a deal that they will compete for her. I mean, the name of the movie is This Means War, so there we go. They will compete for her, and they will not tell her they know each other, and they will pretend that they don't know that she's seeing the other one, and they will just let her pick. But they set ground rules. Like, they're like, we can't have sex with her, and, like, I mean, that's really the only ground rule. Um, we can't have sex with her, and we can't let her know that we know each other. Um, but it becomes immediately... Like, they start lying to their coworkers at the CIA and pretending that Lauren is someone that they need to check out for this mission. This is totally unethical. And the wild thing is, is that I feel like on some level, these men know this and they're just entertained by it. Oh, yeah. Like, there's several points in the movie where coworkers at the CIA are like, uh, so how is she connected to this? Or, like, why do you need to, to like you know have video footage of her house all the time and like they're just like they just like make up bullshit and it's like obviously that wouldn't i mean the cia does some fucked up shit but like obviously that is not gonna clear security you know like they're gonna have to fill out a bunch of documentation but also like you said i think the coworkers know and they're just kind of like okay like i just feel like like nobody gives a fuck about this woman's privacy no one no one like uh, because like you find out later that because you know eventually um fdr does sleep with lauren you find out that like they were watching it like there was a guy that watched the tape they like in the line is like he entered the premises and then Tuck's like, wait, what? He's like, he entered the premises. And it's just like, what the Oh yeah. They're like talking about the sex tape. Like, so, I mean, it's like (laughs) the beginning, we're supposed to believe that Tuck wants to find love and that FDR is just trying to prove that like love doesn't exist and that like game is all that matters, you know, which is, I feel like these male tropes are pretty common in romantic comedies. Like there's one guy that, especially in bromantic comedies, like one guy who wants love and the friend who's cynical that like has a lot of sex. So like doesn't believe in love or like is a misogynist, you know, even though they're both misogynists. Um, But once they like start competing, it's like, I mean, they're competing. She's just like an object now for their, their weird misplaced love for each other. And, and they fucking don't like, they pretend that they're falling in love with her or like, I guess they think they are, but I mean, they're stalking her. They're stalking her. They're both looking at footage of her house. They're doing insane research and they're using CIA equipment so that they can try to win. And it's disgusting. (laughs) I, I hate it. And like when you, okay, you said sex tape and now I'm realizing there is a sex tape of this woman that exists that she never finds out about yeah and and a bunch of people have seen it that work for the cia like 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 these all these men have seen her in moments that she thought were private and we're and again (laughs) this is presented in this movie as like this is like funny and like like that there's something almost like romantic about the fact that these guys are like so into her like I feel like the male writers were like oh well women are going to be flattered by the fact that two handsome men are competing for them right like 
like female viewers will like the fact that two handsome men are competing for Reese Witherspoon. And like, sure, yeah, conceptually, okay. But no, no woman who's been alive in the world and dealt with whatever trauma, because we all have, you know, um, is like, oh, cool, two guys tracking my house. That sounds fun and not scary at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I really hope two romantic guys who murder people for part of their job have all of my information and then use me as a pawn in their weird competitive, like, you know, displacement of their home, like, of of their homoerotic feelings. And the wildest thing about this movie, too, is that, like, not all of this stuff happens and she ends up with FDR, but it's not just that. He says something at the end to the effect of, you know, for the rest of our lives, as if implying that they're going to be together for the rest of their lives. And I, that made me so uncomfortable because who are you? Yeah. And like, is that a threat? Like also there's like this movie. And I mean, this, this happens in like 80% of the movies we covered. So, but it still applies here. We don't know what the timeline's supposed to be, but like we're supposed, it seems like this is all happening in a couple weeks, you know, like maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks. And we're supposed to believe that she fell in love with FDR and that Tuck fell in love with her. And like that she, like, I, I have definitely been in some whirlwind situations. And I know that you can like feel really strong after a few weeks for sure. Um, but the level that this movie tries to take it to is so insane. <laughs> like, like I also feel like she would notice, like she does not notice red flags. Like they're love bombing her. Like there's some like abusive tactics that are going on here. Like they're openly manipulating her. Like if, if a man was being as intense as these men, like with the gifts and the obsessive research and stuff in my first few weeks of knowing them, I would be like, I'm out. Like this is, this is a sign to me. Because it's like abuser handbook stuff. Yeah. This is such an uncomfortable film. So let's talk about one fun thing. Yeah. (laughs) The this is how we do it set piece. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I walked out of the room um, during during this set piece and Kyle like paused the TV and he was like, you have to come. You have to see this entire thing. And I was like, okay, what's what's up? Like I was in the bathroom or something and I come back. And he's just like, watch this. And Kyle walks up to the TV and starts like pointing at like the places where all the men are and this like just in case I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like this thing where I'm just like, <laughs> it's like a where's Waldo of just like two men infiltrating her home and, and bugging it. But they're doing it while she's making popcorn and listening to this is how we do it nearly in its entirety it's like a it's like it's, a it's like yeah shot. It's, it's not even fucking it's piece. not even uh yeah it's not even a montage it's literally just her dancing to it and she's having a great time she like, is having a fantastic I, time like, like wow she loves this song oh she does and like i already love reese witherspoon nobody needs to convince me of that but like watching this movie as much as this movie drove me crazy in a lot of ways it just made me think she just seems so fun. <laughs> like she seems I, fucking great, which like, is why I didn't want her with any of these I'm, guys. Like I'm like, she's so I cool. really just want to like have a glass of wine with Reese Witherspoon. Like she just seems like such a good hang. Like, and like she's played obviously a lot of different roles, but her good vibe comes through all of them. Yeah. Um, oh man, I just love. Ugh, I, love I love her, her. and her and and so her much. and Chelsea Handler did have a really fun friend dynamic. You know, Chelsea Handler's just like, 
you can tell like Chelsea Handler's character is getting a little bit of the vicarious fun. Like when you've been in a relationship for a long time and I feel like I'm, I've only been in a relationship for two and a half years and I'm already at this point where like, I like hearing my f- single friends stuff because I'm like, Ooh, tell me your gossip. Oh man. I love being <laughs> like, part I'm like, of the goss. Because like I used to be that person who like, and you know, who was always on crazy dates and stuff. Uh, yes. I used to also be a disaster. And so I love hearing all of that stuff. And so like Chelsea Handler is very much on that tip where she's like, I've been married. I have a kid. I want to hear your drama girl. But she's also, on the other hand, you can tell she's a little tired of hearing Reese Witherspoon complain, like do the same thing over and over again and complain out there and fucking. She's like, can you stop complaining and just like go live life? And I was like, I really empathize with Chelsea Handler's character. Uh, Um, Oh my God. And when she's talking about her husband, like she's just like, yeah, I know that he's just like, you know, you know, a silly, like, fat husband, but he's, like, my silly fat like, husband, like, and I love him, and I love the person that I am with him, and I'm just like, go, girl, this monologue. I know, and then <laughs> she tells Reese Witherspoon, she's like, you know, don't pick the better man, like, because that's hard to quantify. She's like, pick the one who makes you better, and I was like, that's actually really good advice. Like, when you're having a hard time figuring out who's, you know, a healthy person to be with, I think zooming out and looking at like, do I become a better person around them? Do they inspire me in those ways? Um, So I was like, okay, there's some little nuggets of goodness dropped in this hot mess. But I do agree that it's very much the Transformers of rom-coms. I mean, (laughs) like if nothing else for the fact that they have this weird marriage, like the aesthetics of this movie are a marriage of like, you know, high budget rom-com, like, Reese Witherspoon works in like a very uh, like she does big like window. Testing. It's product <laughs> testing and like a sunny office, you know. Um, you know, there's lots of hot people, but then there's also this weird, like almost like Men in Black aesthetic with like the CIA building and like the all the surveillance. And Angela Bassett having like a small amounts of scenes. Yeah, Angela Bassett is like their boss, and like we only get to see her a couple times for she a few was, minutes. She did all of her shooting in one day. Like she did. Oh not yeah. <laughs> spend any more time. No, like on they the were set. like, we're gonna give you like your day rate, and you're gonna go <laughs> move on with your life. And she's like, sure. <laughs> um. And like, I mean, and also we get Jenny Slate, but only for one minute. I can't even remember. Yeah, it was just one scene where she was like asking for like time off or some shit. And so she asked for time off and then she disappeared. Like, yeah, it seems to happen. Yeah. And like, so, you know, it was like, man, I would love to spend I would love less time with the random CIA men co-workers and more yeah. time with Angela Bassett and Jenny Slate. Honestly, because they were really trying to... I don't know who those guys were, but it was clear that they were, like, maybe they're, like, comedians and they just wanted to have, you know, some scenes. And I'm just like, that's cute, but, like... I'm like, I get that, but <laughs> but this movie's, like, bad and I, like... like and get, I want to get, see the women. I don't want to see y'all. I, I want to see the women. Men this is already movie. a movie about men stalking Reese Witherspoon. I need to see more women. Like, give me that. Um, I mean, it's it's just so messy and it's so shenanigans. It's just so, like, look at these shenanigans. And there's just, like, so much... Like, like and it, so there's no, like, the romance is not real. Like, none of it's real. real. Like, even if the characters think it is, even if they think it's oh love... Oh, my God. And I can't. Rosemary Hare is the nerve of having Aunt May herself in this fucking movie to be FDR's grandmother trying to like humanize him stop it oh yeah <laughs> what oh yeah we we also like with fdr because you know fdr's whole shtick is like that he's like the douchebag oh you know my god yeah like a flight attendant oh <laughs> a flight attendant comes and i guess they usually fuck and she's just like 
it's my layover. <laughs> yeah, she comes over to his house, and this is like after he's been on a bunch of dates with Reese Witherspoon, and he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do this. And then she's like, okay, and she leaves. And then he's like muttering to himself. He's like, who have I become? <laughs> I'm like, okay, calm down. Like, tell your dick to go to bed. Like, <laughs> like you are exhausting. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, there, there's the scene where he takes uh, Reese Witherspoon to his grandma's and she like she's like go in the kitchen I'm gonna talk to her and she like takes Reese Witherspoon out in the yard and everything and she's like yeah his parents died when he was nine and he has a hard time trusting people and like here's a picture of him with braces and then at dinner she like talks about him peeing the bed and he's embarrassed but like Reese Witherspoon's like oh that's so cute and I'm just like ugh these fucking movies always just throw dead parents in there to like humanize people. And I'm like, they're still an asshole. I don't care that their parents are dead. That sucks. But like, like I have a dead dad, but I'm not like treating people like shit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you were nine and you're like, and your character is probably 35 or whatever you want us to believe. And you haven't figured out how to not be a shit bird. Like, I don't care. Like, So, like, this is why, you know what? We should just do a petition that men just aren't allowed to make these movies anymore. I feel like we've been very lenient. I feel feel like we've been, like, you know. We've given them a chance. We've given them, and there's some that are okay. I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It was just, like, a huge waste of time. The only reason why this movie didn't make me angrier is because I found out that, I, you know, my hard drive might never work again, and I might have lost a whole bunch of data. I was like, well, that's more of a disaster than this movie, I guess. Sure. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This movie also, like, like going back to FDR's character in general, I feel like um, men who make romantic comedies have a crush on this, like, douchebag prototype. Like... Like yeah, and and maybe it's like they're like the writers identify that way, or they have a friend that they think is so cool. But like they, there's this obsession with this really basic douchebag guy that's in these movies that's like a womanizer oh, or no, whatever. No, and then like he like meets love. a woman who's not like other women and like oh, learns. She's not like other girls. And it's just exhausting because I'm like, okay. Am I supposed to be compelled by this? This guy is just a douchebag. And then also, am I supposed to even be compelled when he has a, quote, change of heart? Because if it takes meeting, it it just, it's such a misogynist arc because it's like, oh, now he's finally met a woman who's cool. I'm like, are you really trying to tell me that all these women you've slept with haven't had in, in, like, complicated interior lives? No, you just finally paid attention. Like, You know, you just were so blinded by your sexism goggles that you assume that this flight attendant doesn't have anything going for her. You know, like, like because these movies always do frame it as like this woman is like not like, you know, not like the others. Like, like Reese Witherspoon is, and I'm like, I love her, and her character is compelling in certain ways, but it's just so exhausting to watch these movies where these men are finally discovering that like women are smart and interesting and have ideas and like can be pretty also. I mean, Bronwyn, but have you ever seen a woman that, that was interesting? <laughs> Literally, like honestly, like never, <laughs> never <laughs> like me. I've never been interesting. I have no idea. I, yeah. I mean, I like, why do you even listen to this podcast? Like, why? Yeah, absolutely. Women? No, I, I don't know why people would listen. <laughs> Like, we don't have a man here to tell us what to say, so... No, we don't. Um, It's just... Yeah, it's just so... (laughs) (laughs) This movie is, like, the green book of rom-coms also. Wow. 
okay, we're going in. I'm cool with it. You know, like both these men discover that women are people. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, what's weird is like as annoying, like as much as I don't have very much interesting stuff to say about this movie. And I was like, wow, this is happening. I, I like, I was making fun of it while I was watching it. And so that in itself was enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to, you know, sit down on the couch with Kyle and just watch something that means doesn't, absolutely it, nothing. Yeah. Like it doesn't stress anything. you out. It doesn't trigger sadness because you, it is not good enough to actually like emotionally direct you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine caring? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I was like, so damn, wild. this movie made me not care about Reese Witherspoon's feelings, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's really upsetting. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to think of like movies in this neighborhood to recommend. Um I guess like but maybe would you want to recommend a movie in this neighborhood? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess something with shenanigans that's good. I mean, you know, shenanigans. shenanigans. I mean, you know, she's all that is one sure. that we've covered before. That's a good romance that has yeah. it does have a gimmick, but it's actually feel good and compelling. Yeah, and it has Usher as a DJ. If you want to watch a movie where Chris Pine is actually dreamy, I'm going to do the unpopular choice and say watch a Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> Honestly. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I kn- I know that people don't like it, and once again, I don't, I don't understand care. why people are hating on A Wrinkle in Time. I, I really loved I it. I don't care. Don't at me. Um, I was like, that was like one of the first time where I was just like, because I know that these like interracial relationships in these movies are like created to like make you think about like you know unity and like love and like all of this other like marketed shit. But I was just like. Oh, this white man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, was, he was a cute, he was a good white man. I was in I this was movie. Into, yeah, yeah, no, I was into it. And honestly, I needed more of him and Gugu together. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was a hot couple. Oh my god. Yeah. That was a hot couple. That's, that's a hot couple. And um Tom Hardy, I'm sure he's been in some like masterpiece theater romance or something. I'm not gonna look at Yeah, I mean Tom <laughs> Hardy, like, as much as his character was ridiculous because everything was in this movie, he was hot as fuck. Oh yes, he like was, I, it was just it, it it was just a very dumb hot like it was a very dumb hot vibe because of what this movie oh is. Oh my god, his first name is Edward. Wait, his actual name? Yes, like I his actual. First I didn't name know this. I'm I'm learning this on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He yeah. Okay, so he chose his middle name. That was that was a smart move, Edward. I mean, I feel maybe like. Twilight kind of changed the tide on the name Edward, but I still don't. That's true. Yeah, and if you're like a handsome white man trying to make it in Hollywood, you know, you're like not trying to channel the Twilight zeitgeist that has faded away. He's been in some romantic stuff. He's been in Marie Antoinette. That's got got a little little, little romance in there. And um, yeah, he mostly does not do movies like this. He's yeah. just a, he's just a very serious actor, man. But he's been in like a television series, uh, The Virgin Queen, one of those like mini series. I knew that he was in one of these costume things. Yep. Oh my god, he's in an Oliver Twist where he plays Bill Sykes. Uh, I 
immediately need I'm to find so this. I'm so about that. I'm down. Oh my god, he's played Heathcliff in a, in um, made for television Wuthering Heights. You know it, of course. <laughs> like he, man, he he needs to be in more costumes. We need to put him in more costumes. Yes, he has a very good costume build. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's just. He's so hot. He's, it's it's so, it's actually it, gross. Yeah, like it's disgusting. I was I was feeling things. <laughs> like when we watch these movies, I'm not attracted to anyone, but like Tom Hardy, how can you? Not I was just like, damn. God damn, his arms. Like, rarely ever do you see a white man with thick lips. Like that's so confusing. Where did he get them from? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Oh man! Don't yeah, he's he's delicious. He is delicious. Um, it's still, you know, there are so many other things that you could watch. You just you watch literally just don't watch Tom this Hardy. movie. Yeah, just yeah. Don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, it it's like to its credit, it's under two hours long, so there's that. Fantastic. Yeah, um, and we were in and out of there. Yeah, and and again, uh, you know, Chelsea did a great job. Uh, I mean, Reese Witherspoon did a great job as well. She was just was given. Witherspoon. <laughs> without her spoon. <laughs> Reese without her. Reese Witherspoon was without her spoon in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This has just been. It's you know, Sig. I hope that you enjoyed that we talked about it. This is this is the most I know. that we could say about this means war. It, it really is. Um, hopefully, someone will. Uh, I hope that we G and make sure that he does not make any more movies. That'd be fantastic. I hope that I hope that, that we this episode inspires somebody to not watch this movie. Oh, I hope 100%. that anyone who was like, oh, you know, like I was thinking about taking a night and like watching a rom com. Don't don't do this one. Don't yeah, you, that's you deserve the better. That I want to have on the world. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Saving people's nights one bad romance at a time. Yep. So. Um, you know, we obviously want you to like, if you're not a patron, you know, we'd love for you to be a patron and you get some perks like, you know, $2 tier, you get our quarterly newsletter and we send out our recommendations and $5, you can uh, request your own episode and you get the newsletter and then $8, you request your own episode. You also get our bonus episodes, which are, um, erotica uh we just did an episode on poison ivy where i screamed Um, oh yes yes definitely really great episode so you should definitely pledge eight so you can yeah it's just eight dollars a month it's not a week it's yeah yeah yeah. um you know you can listen to us talk about zondali and talk about poison ivy and the next one that we're doing which is crimes of passion yeah and we're gonna and we're still talking about doing a live show so if you're in new york or if you want to travel here then you know, we'll keep you updated. Um, and if you live somewhere else and you uh, have somehow a budget to bring us there, we would love to do things there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we need your money, your support and your love. We need all of these things. Yes. And <laughs> we hope that you feel good today. Yeah. Whenever the have day is day. that you're listening. Yeah. Have a nice cup of whatever you enjoy. Tea, coffee, have have a glass of water, make sure that you take your vitamins, you know, put on some sunscreen if it's hot, you know, and enjoy the podcast. Don't look at your phone in bed. Yeah. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up, back it up.
Uh, yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh, 